Welcome back to the With Ross podcast. This is the third in my Benjamin Franklin series. Benjamin Franklin, as I've mentioned in previous episodes, has been a fascinating person to me ever since I read his autobiography when I was maybe 16 or 17 years old. He's always been my answer to the question, who would you have dinner with if you could pick anyone, living or dead? I've always said Benjamin Franklin. The volume of his accomplishments is unmatched by anyone else I'm aware of in every category from business to politics to science to philosophy to diplomacy. There's one thing that I keep thinking the more I learn about Benjamin Franklin, which is that he would have had just as much success in the modern era as his own. There's a Douglas Adams quote. Doug Adams is the author of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy that I love And he says, anything invented between when you're 15 and 35 is new and exciting and revolutionary. I could probably get a career in it. Anything invented after you're 35 is against the natural order of things. And it's a funny quote, but I throw it in there because there's a lot of truth to it. Looking around at so many other entrepreneurs and businesses, after about middle age, they stop adapting to the latest technologies and they operate off of the business models and technologies that existed in bygone decades and centuries, but Benjamin Franklin wouldn't have had that problem. I can imagine 80-year-old Benjamin Franklin putting out a podcast, giving updates on his TikTok, and maybe dropping some wise tweets. In a way, the Poor Richard quotes are early tweets. They're short, probably less than 140 characters, a lot of them. They're pithy. Yeah, I think he'd be a great tweeter. And I think he'd probably have flown a Blue Origin flight to space by now. Anyway, I think he'd be thrilled with the latest AI advances and all the technology that's happening. And on that note, the cover art for this series is created by AI. So I used Dolly. I gave it a prompt about Benjamin Franklin, and then it produces that art that you see. But anyways, a lot of the research for this episode is drawn from the book Benjamin Franklin and American Life by Walter Isaacson. In the opening pages of that book, Isaacson writes, Benjamin Franklin was, during his 84-year life, America's best scientist, inventor, diplomat, writer, and business strategist. And he was also one of its most practical, though not profound, political thinkers. He proved by flying a kite that lightning was electricity, and he invented the rod to tame it. He devised bifocal glasses and clean-burning stoves, charts of the Gulf Stream, and theories about the contagious nature of the common cold. He launched various civic improvement schemes such as a lending library, college, volunteer fire corps, insurance association, and matching grant fundraiser. He helped invent America's unique style of homespun humor and philosophical pragmatism. In foreign policy, he created an approach that wove together idealism with balance of power realism. And in politics, he proposed seminal plans for uniting the colonies in creating a federal model for a national government. But the most interesting thing that Franklin invented and continually reinvented was himself, end quote. So really, this episode should have been the first in this series because I'm going to tell you about Benjamin Franklin's earliest years, his birth up to his childhood. So Ben was born January 17, 1706 in Boston, His father was Josiah Franklin, who came to America, the colonies of America, from England about 23 years prior to Benjamin's birth. Josiah and his young wife left 
because wages in the new world were higher and the cost of living was lower. So they forked over the six months of wages that it cost to get the family across the Atlantic. He had three kids at that point. He had three of his eventually 17 kids. Yeah, Benjamin was one of 17 and the youngest son that was born to his father. His father had, I believe, three different wives because a lot of women died in childbirth in that time. So it was common for the men to just remarry in order to continue growing their family and raising their existing kids. And on top of that, one quarter of all newborns in Boston at that time died within a week. So out of those 17, I think a few unfortunately didn't make it out of childhood. But second, the second reason for having a lot of kids in that area was that nearly all the work that could be done in the colony was a function of time. What I mean by that is an hour of input on the farm or in the candle shop or the print shop was an hour of output. So each additional child was an economic benefit for the increased labor that they provided to the family. And in the modern era, of course, most kids don't start working until they're 18 or 22 or maybe later if they go to medical school, whatever it might be. And then even then, they don't typically provide for their family. But at that time, that was how things worked. At the time that Benjamin was born, Boston had only 1,000 homes and a total of 7,000 inhabitants, which is tiny, but that was the largest colony in America. It's just mind-blowing to imagine. That would probably be one of the smallest towns in Massachusetts today. But regardless, that was, by the standard of the time, the big city. That was the big American city. So Benjamin Franklin is one of the earliest urban figures in America. Most of his fellow founders, his contemporaries, grew up in remote farms, not these massive cities, 7,000-person cities like Boston. And I don't know how different it really was in terms of lifestyle, urban versus rural, but biographers always point that out, that while most of the founders of that area were farmers and soldiers and hunters and builders, that Franklin was a writer and a scientist and a printer. So he was very much an urbanite through and through. Again, as much as you can be an urbanite in a town of 7,000 people. But anyways, the house he lived the first six years of his life was two bedrooms. And keep in mind, that was for 14 children at the time. And I'll do the math for you. That's eight people per room, including the parents. But when the 15th child was born, they decided to upgrade to a bigger house and they moved to, to downtown Boston. I don't know how much bigger that house was, but it was probably, it was probably three bedrooms. So they were able to, to spread out nicely. Anyways, that is Franklin's childhood in a nutshell. To me, childhood isn't as interesting as everything that comes next. So I'm going to leave the story there for now. And I'll tell you more about Franklin's teenage and later years in the next episodes. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.